The Youthscape Podcast. Well, hello, Rachel Gardner. Hello, Martin Saunders, and hello, lovely listeners. It's the Youthscape Podcast. Woohoo! The a... weekly podcast yes. where we like to meet people in the youth ministry uh, oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Do you have a youth? Is there such What's a thing as a youth ministry oeuvre? I think it means egg, doesn't it? Okay, in the youth in the youth ministry egg. We like to meet them in the youth ministry egg, and uh, and talk to them about anything but youth ministry most of the time. And we've been doing this for quite a long time now. Nearly for nearly a year. Nearly two years. Nearly two years. <laughs> Nearly two years. Time flies when you're having fun, Rach. It does. For nearly two years, yeah. and I'm still astounded that um, we're still hearing more and more and more and more and more, more stuff that I've not yet heard. Yeah. And I, I've been a youth worker for like over 20 years. And I, one of the things I love most about being involved in this podcast experiment with you and producer Rachel is I feel like I'm learning huge amounts. And that is lovely when you get to my grand old age, is mm. that actually I'm realising it's less about being the experts. None of us are ever experts, particularly in this, because culture shifting. But it's about being an adventurer. It's do about saying, actually, what is, what is happening here and can I get on board? Do you worry slightly that now we're both in our 40s? Yes. That essentially we're just forgetting yes. that we've heard some of this stuff before. Maybe that's what it is. The podcast is essentially like the plot of Fifty First Dates, <laughs> yeah, and yes. we're just we are just Drew Barrymore. We're just sat in the diner having our making the pancakes, yeah, making little pictures over and over oh, again. Dear. So oh dear! If that's true, Lister, do write in. If we if we start repeating ourselves. Do write in and tell us, uh, podcast at youthscape.co.uk. Gosh, could you imagine? Don't, don't tell us that. Now, I want to know something. Yes, tell me. Are you still reading Tozer? Oh, am I still reading A.W. Tozer? Yes, I am. I'm still doing a bit of Daily Tozer, and I still do my daily Oswald Chambers, and I still listen. So at the moment, I'm also listening to Barbara Brown's... Barbara Taylor Brown, Barbara Brown Taylor. Barbara Taylor she's Brown. She's a phenomenal. Um, she was a Presbyterian church leader for many years. She's written a book, um, Altars of This World, and I listened to her because actually I, I've listened to these two men. I love them. I love hearing their words, but I want to have a woman speaking as well. So I listened to her as well. So yes, I've got my little triptych. And is that your? Is that your Taylor your, Brown, Oswald Chambers, and is that Carson. your devotional life? Is that I what it looks it like? And I have said to myself recently. Maybe Rachel, you should also maybe make sure you're reading scripture as well. So I have Aww. kind of been they quote scripture, sneaking though, right? some scripture in there too. But That's you know, I love good. it. I love That's it. very good. Yeah. I have found recently great joy in praying more with my kids. I found that if I pray more with my kids, I pray more. Yeah. Um, but that, that's fairly obvious, isn't it? Your, your eldest son prayed for me in a bit. I know we've talked about Aww. this a bit, but it's obviously um, your Bless family him. love praying, don't they? And he doesn't even know you are. Does <laughs> He had no idea he was getting a pray for Rachel Gardner story right <laughs> he just there. Saw these women in the corner frantically writing some notes, thinking I've got a preach in I tell you what, that was a freaky moment for me. Was it? Seeing him walk over and offer prayer to someone who needed it. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, this is sort no, he of was working. Very focused. This he is says, okay. He said, "Let's talk to Jesus." I said, "That's a very good point. Yeah. Well done." He, to pray. It's, he is in our in our youth group because because yeah, there's a group that I lead. He's always the one. The I try and encourage other people to do it, and they all just go, Joel, Joel, do a prayer. Uh, so uh, so we'll do a podcast with him one day. My daughter, who is seven, we're, we're reading through the Bible together as well at the moment. So we read it. It's, it's, a, it's kid-friendly, but it's actually not particularly kid-friendly in that mm. they don't hold back on quite a lot of stories. And so at the moment, we're reading through the life of Joseph, and they don't hold back on it. And I'm realising that the last thing that she's hearing at night is some fairly hardcore stuff around seduction, around mm. brothers betraying each other and 
and I and I sort of read it and think I don't want to kind of I want I want this to be safe for you to hear but yeah. equally I don't want to kind of filter this story so yeah. that you just think that the Bible is full of nicey nice little stories no. so it's actually reading scripture and praying with your kids and with young people is quite a hardcore thing to do isn't it and then you have the questions Oh, then you have the question I've got, I got up the other morning yeah. I uh, gave Mrs Saunders a lion yeah thanks guys yeah I am, I am a great guy and uh, basically Mrs Saunders uh, is asleep unaware upstairs Samuel and Zachary my youngest two they come downstairs I think I'm going to have a battle to keep them off screens or something instead they want to ask theological questions oh. I was not ready oh. there were, coffee was not even made oh. Samuel hits me with what's hell <laughs> I said that's a that's a big question. Samuel, how can I deflect that, that question as I would with a group of young people? Um, but no, I'm joking. Uh, and so we get into this deep conversation about, about the afterlife mm. and what the Bible might mean, what Jesus might mean mm. when he talks about hell. And they sat there oh, like two little... Were they, you they, feeding them? I mean, were they, were feeding they, them lines. Oh, no, no feeding food. them like, feeding was food. There were, well, there were literal food. There was no yes. spiritual food, no. but there was... <laughs> <laughs> there was some uh, some pan au chocolat, I think, oh, and um, and and basically uh, they sat there listening, and they looked at me. I remember little Zachary's only five. He had almost like his arms folded and his legs folded, like he was at school. Because mm. it was like, well, this is important. Oh. And they sat there and listened to me, and I thought, oh my goodness, the enormous responsibility, not just of being a father, that's hit me too, yeah. but of like of young being of young elder. people looking to you and saying, I have deep questions. Yeah. Even when I'm seven or eight, yes. and um, and actually I want you to to, to, to answer them for me. Yes. And what you say now is yes. really going to matter and be very formative for me. And also, and it's quite abstract because we're quite used to giving quite abstract answers, aren't yeah. we? Whereas with children and, and young people, they want it a bit more concrete. No, but where so, is hell? Where so, is it? So, so my daughter's question the other night was because we were we were reading through the book of Joseph, and she was getting a bit concerned about um, the fact that Joseph towards the end of the story like hides the the cup in the in the sack and actually has been quite you know is actually really holding his brothers and sort of saying to them you you treated me badly i'm gonna i'm gonna make this uncomfortable for you so Dave's like what happens next and i said don't worry tomorrow night we're gonna we're gonna tomorrow night we're gonna find out what happens and of course they keep it going like, oh, well, tomorrow night we'll find out and she said to me mummy but how do you know what happens? And I said, well, I've got other Bibles and I know these stories. She said, but you said the Bible's living, so it could be different in this Bible. And it was such a great, oh. like, actually got so into the story. She's like, well, maybe this time it's different, mummy, because oh. it's living and it might change. Oh. And then we had this great conversation about, well, no, the story doesn't change because it's happened. But actually, God, you're right. God is still saying stuff to us, and this, you know, it was just, <laughs> and it was also like half past nine at night. Seven, oh, well, always. So, they always, they always, they pick those think. times. Let's ask a different question now. Very late. Mum's invested. Night. Yeah. So, so Samuel and Zachary are sitting there asking me about hell, and they, um, uh, they start to ask some more questions, some supplementary questions about, so what is heaven? What is the afterlife? Samuel comes up with this absolutely awesome question, which is like, what's the point? in life if if we god's just going to send everyone to an afterlife and if the aim of life is just to get to the next stage then 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 why have the first stage just go straight to the next stage why do that why don't we just all go to heaven from the start and i was like that is a great, great question, question and i feel un ill-equipped to answer it well and not to objectify your children but th that's a particularly cute child yeah, asking a, cute a child. particularly difficult question it so is. everything's in news like Oh, but not you. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. So I then, do you know what I did? And it's genuinely what I did. 
And this is and this feels like a name drop. It's not meant as a name drop. Is it just I, I rang Doctor Paula Gooder. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. And I was like, Paula. Are you up at the moment? Yeah, yeah. I coffee? need I need some input. Oh, and she gave that. me about a ten minute coach oh, on how to answer that question Paula's with children. Great. And it was great. They so they never know. They don't know Paula was involved. No. They now think I'm really smart. And can yeah. we just say because Doctor Paula Gooder, who is phenomenal, she's written a great book called Phoebe. I think everyone should read it. Oh, it's loads of great books. I love Doctor Paula Gooder. Yeah, but Phoebe's particularly good. We'll get her on. Let's yeah, get we'll her on the podcast. Oh, yeah, we'll get on the podcast. Anyway, let's come back to the point in hand, the task in hand, and we're sat in Luton and we're about to have a conversation with a friend, not who has not made their way into Luton, and they're in Northern Ireland, and I. Love Northern Ireland. I spent so many, so much time at the birth of Romance Academy, at the beginning of Romance Academy, going over to Northern Ireland and the hospitality out of this world. In fact, there was one, one lovely couple that I stayed with one time and they said, do you, want, do you want to go out for breakfast? I was like, yeah. And then there was like a little boutique next to the cafe and they said, oh, let's go to the boutique. And, and I just picked up something like this amazing belt. And they said, do you want that? And I said, yeah. And they bought it for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, you wish you'd gotten so, something bigger. <laughs> I was like, oh, I this as well. Didn't know this was on offer. Awesome. Right, awesome, after awesome. the interview, yes. remind me, yes. I've got a fantastic Chris Curtis story. Have you? Uh, involving Northern Ireland. Oh, please, I love it but already. I'll tell you I love after, it already. After but the, our uh, dear friend in a Hawaiian shirt interview. is waiting, so let us now, through the power of technology, introduce you to Jim. The Youth Sky Podcast. Everyone wears Hawaiian shirts. Do they? Oh, do they? I was there. It was my people, you know. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's beautiful. So you brought that back to Northern Ireland, where it probably is raining and cold today, because in Luton it's very cold and very wet and rainy. But um, Northern Ireland, so it's always very cold. I know. It's like San Diego here in Luton. Is it? Is it? Always. Is it? No, is never. It? Never. Although I went to San Diego once. Did you? Was it and, hot? Um, it is hot and apparently it never rains. Like, never rains I in couldn't, San Diego. I couldn't live in a country where there are no seasons. I think that's that would be my thing. Like, if it's hot all year round, I couldn't I couldn't handle that. No. I, I need a bit of season actually. seasons, don't you? You do, actually. You do. Anyway, Jim, it's so great to speak to you. And you work for YouthLink. Could you just, that's in right. a nutshell... Tell us a bit about YouthLink. What do you do? Well, so in a nutshell, we're a youth work training uh, agency. Um, we we uh, train in youth work uh, in uh, understanding and transforming conflict and uh, community relations work. Those would kind of be our main kind of mm-hmm. bread and butter things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we run leadership training courses for young people, accredited youth work qualifications for volunteers. Uh, we run personal development programs as part of our peace program. Uh, we have a group of apprentices from um, from all over Belfast who learn youth work skills, uh, and we're part of uh, CYM as well. So we run a degree program in uh, youth and community work with uh, with theology here as well. And and just give us a bit of historical context. So how long have you guys been around? Sure. So um, what you think was set up in the, in the early nineties, and uh, it was set up by the four. The, we call them the four larger churches. Uh, in Ireland, so the Presbyterian Church, the Methodist Church, the Church of Ireland, and the Roman Catholic Church all came together in, in a fairly unique way. Yeah, that's a, that's no small statement you've just made there. Well, I mean, absolutely, and because it was set up in the early nineties, I'm talking this this was pre uh, uh, peace agreements. This wow. was still kind of uh, during what we would have called uh, called the Troubles. So it does make it quite a special, a pioneering 
organization you know they, they chose to step out in faith and, and, and to do what other others had, had failed to do you know in the 90s bombings and shootings were still were still uh, commonplace mm-hmm. so that, that's the kind of context of when youth link was set up all about bringing people of people of faith people of different churches together mm-hmm. to train their youth workers and to bring about change through the impact those youth leaders would have on the young people that they led I think, as in many ways, Jim, still for us listening to this in Luton, in London, and I think it's really hard still for us to appreciate sure. just the the reality that you've been facing with with, with divided communities. I, I remember about um, ten years ago coming over to Northern Ireland to Lisbon to do some. Romance Academy stuff and being taken around a few schools to visit schools work programs and I visited Youth Link actually I, I, you guys are incredible um, and I was told that these schools are integrated and it took me a while to realise that when they said integrated what they meant was um, around um, the divided communities I was looking for well, yeah. where, where are the students with the obvious physical disabilities where, where are you integrating because that's what I thought okay. the school meant okay, yeah. and, it's, yeah. and I think it's still that I, I'm very conscious coming to this conversation that it's still I need to do a bit of shifting in my thinking to really understand the context that you're working in. So, so I think we know that Northern Ireland has a complicated and difficult history. Could you just fill us in a little bit at the moment? What, what does it look like currently? What, what is YouthLink doing at the moment in, in response no to some of the challenges? Thank so you. So you want like 600 years of Irish history in just three minutes? that would be awesome. And, I'll, and, and that, that would be great. <laughs> oh dear, I just put my big foot in it right there, didn't I? But just to help us understand a little bit about... It's a problem if you want 600 years, but I'll, I'll, try, and, I'll try and sum it up in a nutshell. So yeah, I mean, simply, our young people still live very divided lives. I mean, our, our peace agreements were signed back in the late '90s, but um, we're we're still suffering from the, the impact of a lot of uh, a lot of the, the division that, that, that we had. Um, friendships and relationships between Protestants and Catholics are just are just difficult in the sense that mm. often our communities, our schools, and our social groups are just not very mixed. Mm. Um, as you said, you had an experience of going to integrated schools. So an integrated school is one that has a 50-50 mix of mm. Protestants and Catholics. Um, but the thing is that only about 7% of our school children actually go to integrated schools. Gosh. So the rest of our children are, uh, are, are, are go, go, to, go to segregated schools um, uh, where we have a little bit of uh, shared education and that sort of thing going yeah. on. But, but on the whole, really, there's, there's not an awful lot of mixing going on. So only about 7% of our young people go to, to, to integrated schools. Mm, um, many of our communities, houses and streets, they're not mixed areas. Uh, with many areas, most people know whether they're in a Protestant or Catholic area. Mm. I think I have some kind of radar. Um, it's funny, when I talk to groups from outside of Northern Ireland, you know, I get groups from America and, and England and all kinds of places coming and we take them on tours uh, around places and people will ask me, you know, am I in a, Am I in a Protestant area or a Catholic area right now? And I'll tell them where they are, and they'll say, "Well, how do you, how do you know that?" And I'll say, "Well, I, I just do because I've got like an, <laughs> yeah. an internal radar that just tells me where I am at all yeah. times and yeah. what's yeah. going on." But it's you know, it's it's a legacy issue of the of the divided society. Um, I'm not going to get into all the you no. know, political social no. reasons for our continued division, but I mean, all you need to know is that it still has an impact on the young people. Yeah, and that's why it matters so much to us. I mean, right now I'm sitting, uh, uh, right now I'm on what's called a peace line. Wow. Uh, yeah. Very close, very close to a massive wall. There's a massive wall that um that's over a mile long and uh, it's forty foot high, and uh, uh, and that 
wall is just here to keep people apart and there's loads of those walls mm. all over Northern Ireland. Walls that are just there to keep communities apart. That, the wall that I can that I can see from here, um, it's outlived the Berlin Wall. Oh, wow. It was, it was built long before the young people who I work with were born, but yet often they're cited as the reason for that the re- that, that wall needs to exist. And, and often young people, their world stops at that wall. I've done community mapping exercises where literally they have no idea of the world that exists on the other side of that wall. They've never been over there. They've never met anyone from over there. Um, and they have no intention of ever going over there. Um, that is until they come to Utling. And, uh, and we start to break down those things. So your work is extraordinary, Jim, in a way that, that I might talk about walls that young people face, and I'm talking metaphorically, yeah, <laughs> or I'm yeah. talking spiritually. I mean, you're talking spiritually, metaphorically, and physically, and geographically. Yeah, physical, yeah. So, so what, I mean, what, does, what does that look like, that you're, you're bringing these two, two communities together? What do you do? Well, I suppose so often it's interesting that you talk about those metaphorical walls because quite often we talk about that as well. I mean, yes, there are physical walls here, but so often um, the walls are in people's minds. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's this idea that I can't go over there. I don't know how to have a conversation with that person. Um, there's, there's, there's often a, a, not just a fear factor of, of going to different places um, in the city, but a, a fear factor, I suppose, of also putting my foot in it. You know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to say say the thing that offends people. So often we, we're just not um, very open in our conversation. We're, we're afraid of those things. So those are the kind of conversations that I love to have. Those are the kind of conversations that I that I encourage. Um, it's all about helping young people to, to, to celebrate the similarities that we have and to explore the differences that we have and, and, and understand those a little bit better. And mm-hmm. um, so we bring young people together who traditionally have never had the opportunity to, to do that in various different areas. Uh, we work uh, in urban areas and in rural areas as well, because quite often, um, I mean, Belfast is quite a small city, comparatively speaking. Um, so quite often people are, are kind of living right up against each other and that's why these walls are here. Mm. Um, but out in rural areas, uh, there's, there's issues there as well because you will have um, Protestant villages and Catholic villages and all, all those kinds of things. And again, it's not that there's difficulties between them, but they just, they just never have an opportunity to meet. Mm. They're just happy enough living where they are. Um, many years ago, uh, uh, someone kind of coined the phrase of a benign apartheid. It's called a benign apartheid because right. actually we're just kind of happy living separate and segregated lives. Mm. Um, but actually the gospel tells us that that's, that that's not okay. That's mm. not what shalom really looks like. That's not what peace really looks like. Um, mm. And peace is a, more, a much more active thing rather than just leave me alone and everything will be all right. You stay over there, I'll stay over here and everything will be okay. What we need to do is, is be much more proactive about our peace building. Are you a big believer in church unity? Jim, in terms of you know uh, actually being able to get more, become more like one another, and to work together across denominational divides and things like that, or is it more just about understanding? Yeah, that's that's kind of an interesting question, I suppose, Martin. Because although I don't want to sound negative about it, I mean, I would be I would be wary of us all just becoming a homogenous. Everybody mm-hmm. has to kind of look the same. Mm. You know, I, I think what we what we do need is more understanding of. of why we're different and why our different perspectives um, are there. So um, yes, I think there should be greater collaboration uh, with with everyone, greater understanding, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we all have to look the same. Mm. And that feels like an important distinction because that might be a reason to switch 
uh, some people off this kind of conversation. You know, well, we're different and we feel that we're, it's right that we're different. Um, and so, as you say, understanding is, is one thing, isn't it? Actually working together and understanding each other. We're not, we're not suggesting we all just need to stick everybody in one building. Yeah, and, and actually, I, I suppose one of the things that we're really bad at is, is just being able to disagree. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. but without always feeling we have to force our viewpoints on, on other people. So, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's very important that we understand what unites us. What are the, what are the things that, that we all have in common? What are the things that we all strive towards and, uh, and hold dear? But also, mm-hmm. what are, the, what are the, the points where it's actually okay for us to have a, have a different opinion or a different view on things? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I want to do something of a segue now. Um, and uh, and just as a, as a means of lightening the the, the conversation, uh, as as we're recording, I'm looking at the ground, and uh, and as I look at the ground in this in this room, I'm 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 faced with a. a I want to tell you about the array of wonderful shoes that are in this room today. This feels like you're building up to a gospel kind um, of and and, uh, <laughs> and in many ways, all these shoes are different. We shouldn't all have the same shoes. But we need to understand why we're all wearing these shoes. And so uh, producer Rachel, who never speaks on the podcast, Jim, just to fill you in, uh, she's wearing a delightful pair of red uh, sort of ankle length, just higher than ankle, like shin, mid-shin boots. Yep. I don't know what you the call buckles, those. buckles, they're good. They're good boots. They're, they're very nice, leather. And then I'm wearing a, a slightly lower cut uh, boot, which um, yeah. I, I love my boots, but I'm they're starting to fall they're apart. They're a bit rend them. collective, actually. I wear them every day. A bit oh, did you just drop in a bit of an <laughs> Irish? An Irish, an Irish reference. You, you <laughs> must know rend. You're Irish. You're friends with them. Well, they came out of Summer Madness, didn't they? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then Rachel's got, I mean, you can just imagine Rachel's shoes. And she does not disappoint. She is wearing animal print, not real animal. It's not made of an animal. It's not real animal, animal. but if you feel it, it has that touch and feel kind of... I'm not going to feel it. You know, those kids, like toddler books where you feel the kind of fabric. Yeah, they're animal print. (laughs) And the animal print's on the heel as well. You've got leopard. Are they leopards? Absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I think they probably are leopards. What kind of shoes are you wearing, Jim? Are they Hawaiian? I'm not sure what Hawaiian shoes. No, I'm not wearing <laughs> sliders or anything like that. No, oh, um, I've got uh, just kind of brown, brown slip-ons. Um, yeah, like brogues. Oh. You wearing brogues? He Dying doesn't brogues, sound yeah, very convinced. Oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Well, um, another reason for us getting in touch with you today is is to hear about YouthLink and what you do. And I and if people want to find out more about YouthLink, what's your website, Jim? Uh, youthlink.org.uk brilliant brilliant but um excitingly you guys it's been a bit of a takeover of open me hasn't it so you're partnering with us for this coming open me season so so uh we talk about open me quite a bit on the podcast we'll talk a little bit more about what open me is towards the end of this podcast for those that don't know what it is but could you tell us jim about some of the voices we're going to be hearing from yeah yeah as you say it's, it's really exciting and we're so uh, we're yeah, we're we're really excited about the, the, the partnership. Yeah, um, yeah really excited to be to be invited to be part of this. And um, so we've got a really great bunch of people um, involved in creating some stuff for Open Me. Um, first of all, my co- my colleague uh, Kathy, um, Dr. Kathy Bollard, uh, who is our research and curriculum development officer here at YouthLink. So she's been researching and developing uh, things around the, the theme of the common good. Brilliant. Um, she's done some really groundbreaking stuff on the subject of common good, and she's developed. She's also developing materials for youth workers to explore what it means to seek the common good, mm. or um, or as Jeremiah puts it, I suppose in Jeremiah chapter twenty-seven, verse three, 
um, what it means to seek the peace and mm. prosperity of the city. So that's going to be that's going to be one of them. Uh, the others that we have, we have two amazing guys who are doing really innovative work, uh, encouraging people to move around our divided uh, city, uh, to, to go to areas that they've never visited before, to, to uh, speak to people they've never spoken to before. Um, so we have a Presbyterian minister called Steve Stockman, mm-hmm. a Catholic priest called Martin McGill, who work together, and they're going to be sharing some really special stories um, of scandalous forgiveness that that was the um the 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 theme of their festival um this year so they're going to be sharing about the scandalous forgiveness so a bit about their personal journey as well um, their friendship so we are we're we're really excited about it i hope others are too yeah Um, i hope what, what we're trying to get across is the power of forgiveness and reconciliation you know when jesus talks about forgiveness he uses really strong language about how central it is to his mission it's mm. not uh, not just uh, forgiveness uh, for ourselves but also how that looks when we seek uh, forgiveness with others and uh, you know in, in matthew chapter 5 verse 24 jesus is talking about anger and uh, what he says is leave your gift before the altar and go be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift now think about what jesus is saying here jesus is basically saying listen if you're angry with someone, if you need to forgive someone, or if you need to be forgiven by someone, then don't even come to church. Wow. Don't come to mm. worship first. Wow. Don't do anything else. Nothing is more important than being reconciled. Mm. He says, you know, don't don't do any of that holy stuff yeah. because there's nothing more forgiven, nothing more important than than being reconciled and. Uh, Jesus is wow. when it comes to forgiveness and peace and reconciliation and we, and we hope to, to get that message across. And that is a really powerful uh, statement and I think it's also really powerful to have you guys yes. bringing this. It's, yeah. such a, it's such a rich context yes. to, be, to be writing this stuff from. So I hope people really appreciate the, the big idea here and I think this is, re- is going to be great stuff. I yes. cannot wait to yeah. read it. Yeah. No. And I hope that the message people get is, isn't, uh, well, there's no other island to look at the problems that they have. What we want to get across is that the divisions happen across our, our world and our, mm. in, in every neighborhood. Mm. Um, so it's actually uh, uh, you know, incumbent on all of us as Christians to take that gospel message seriously uh, and, to, and to be reconciled with our, with our, our neighbors, be they the one across the street mm. or, the, or you know, the, the one on the other side of the community. Absolutely, no, too much. That is absolutely true, and, I, and I've got that phrase, benign apartheid. That's really going to stick with me from this conversation, and just where where I am not active in being a peacemaker and a bridge builder, and that's going to really stick with me. Jim, thank you so much. So, dear friends, you can be accessing Open Me. It is free, as you know, and I think, as Martin said, here's an incredible opportunity to hear some powerful learning and stories straight from the heart of a context that might be different for us but as Jim has said actually there's so many crossovers here Jim thank you so much we're going to let you get back to your brogue and Hawaiian shirt action have you got <laughs> we're going to have some lunch I hope you're going to have some have you got some nice lunch lined up what, what do you have oh, yeah. do, do you yeah. bring a yeah. packed yeah. lunch to work or do you pop out and buy a pack, buy a lunch what do you do um, I actually I've, I've gone, gone quite exotic today I made, I made myself some dal um, oh my goodness so, uh, that's what I'm you are winning all the time. Jim, thank you so much. We'll leave you with your doll. Thank you so much. Thank you, folks. God bless you. Thank you. This is the Youthscape Podcast.
Right, before I unleash Martin and his story of Chris and Northern Ireland, we need to talk about Open Me, just yes, in do. case there's some youth workers out there that don't know what it is. So Martin, very quickly, what is Open Me? It is a devotional for youth workers, uh, or youth leaders, or anyone yeah. working with young people, or anyone, but specifically aimed at, uh, at, at those working with young people. And it is a devotional which is uh, carried via email, and therefore, your temptation is not to open it. But it's to delete it. But the invitation is. And the invitation is open, open me. me. Love it. That's why it's called Open Me, see? Fantastic. And the new season that Jim's talking about um, launches on the 11th of March and the run up to Holy Week. And it's this theme of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Um, and and it was, we, we are, I know we said it with the interview, but we are so pleased, aren't we, that Jim and the guys in Youth Link have been yeah, doing amazing. this. It, I mean, it's a, it's a huge amount of work for them. And they're doing this so generously. And so we want as many people as possible to connect in with this. So please do it. Let people know. Don't assume people know about it. Yeah, and yeah. it is free. It is free. It is free. It is free. You sign up at openme.cc and then it, uh, you just put in your email address yeah. and you get, get sent, sent it. And I want to, I just want, I can't emphasize this enough mm -hmm. as youth workers yes. we always Preach do it, it. we Woo -woo. always put our own spiritual development and our spiritual lives yeah. last we do yeah. we just instinctively do it we even talk about the fact that we do it yeah. and then don't do anything about it you are listening to me saying this nodding your head and yeah. planning to do nothing about this yeah. okay open me is literally we are leading you horses to water mm -hmm. there's a big pool of water it's from northern ireland now drink! Drink the water. Mm. That's all you need to do. No one's going to get on your back and try and ride you home. <laughs> it's quite aggressive. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened there. The metaphor <laughs> took on a life of its own. It did, and it became quite aggressive. And I feel that we're just saying, let's do this. Because actually, the reason Martin and I are being quite hardcore about this is because we know it. We know this in our own lives. And we know that actually when we're leading young people out of a place that we're not... Uh, flourishing in it sucks it's and dead it and that's what it is it's you dead. won't go anywhere yes exactly it won't work so how exciting thank you you think guys we love you we think you're amazing and i'm gonna have my lunch with jim next time i'm over there he makes homemade doll i want homemade a bit of that there's a lot of cultures going on there oh, so there's beautiful very authentically northern irish yeah. shirt from hawaii <laughs> and then and then the doll <laughs> there's this beautiful um little um indian deli pretty much opposite end of my house um, and I've been getting to the lady that works there really well because my kids love the spring rolls um, Indian vegetable rolls and so after school we often go in there but the other day I thought let me branch out a bit and try something a bit more different okay so I went along the line saying is that quite spicy yes is that quite spicy and I just really found myself going is she like, looking at you going for you for you yes <laughs> yeah it's like yeah that's too much stick to those down. that's what I want so I do need to broaden my taste palette that'd be amazing right time for some shout outs new list of shout outs yeah new list a this brand a new, new list brand new. so we've collated fans friends people who we want to we've like us we've whittled them down to the top three for this season so are you ready drum roll and first up, Martha Stringer. Martha. Hello, Martha. Hello, Martha. We're going to give shout-outs to you for the foreseeable future. Buckle up, babe. It's going to be awesome. Next person. We've got a problematic surname. Right. So it's Mark Tizard. Is it? Why is that problematic? What Because it might be, be Tizard. Oh, I see. I was thinking about the T-I-Z thing and how could that be different? No, no, no. It's, it's definitely Tiz. Tiz. Is it Tizard? It's, it's after you get past tizard. the Tiz. Is it Tizard? It could be Tizard. Tizard or Tizard. Tizard. We don't know. Oh, let's say, I'm going to say Mark Tizard. You think that's, think that's less that's problematic lovely. than, and I'm going to go here, 
the uh, Hungarians. Right, okay. So okay. hello to our Hungarian friends. Oh, yes. Um, one of my youth, I told my youth group the other day that we yeah. met some Hungarians and a girl said to me, where's Hungaria? Hungaria. <laughs> Where is Hungaria? Oh. Apparently it's near Polandia. Polandia. Um, so are we talking about some dear friends who are ministering in Hungary? They are. are they in the UK? Right? They are. They are, they, they are setting up a uh, unpronounceable youth organisation in Hungary. I presume mm. they can pronounce it fine. Of course they can. Uh, and uh, they also run their own version of the National Youth Ministry yes. Weekend, which is happening this month. Yeah. Very exciting, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, and so we want to say hello to the team there. So we have two brothers. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing with Hungarians: when they say their names, they yeah. say them the other way around. To the last name first. So um, so their family name, mm-hmm. the two brothers, is Ablonsky. Oh, I love. And that. then um, the brothers are called Aaron and Tomas. So Ablonsky Tomas. Ablonsky Tomas, hello. And Ablonsky Aran. Yeah, Lovely. that's that's as far as we're going to go with our Hungarian. Fantastic. And then there's uh, there's three other uh, uh, women who came to visit with them to Youthscape the other week, and their names are Evelyn, Lila, and Flora. Oh, wonderful! But I don't know their first names. Brilliant, but that is gorgeous, and we are really excited and cheering you on. And can we get a trip to Hungary? Hungary. Hungary, I want to go, please. We are wanting to go to Hungary. Oh, this was exciting stuff happening. They the speak unbelievable country. English Doesn't in Hungary. Doesn't everybody else, apart from those of us in this country, oh, feel so bad. Unbelievable. It's so English. bad. That I was thinking, I'm, I'm dropping idioms in here. Uh, you know, you have no idea what I'm saying. They followed every word. Oh, my goodness. Before we leave, have we got time for one Chris oh, Curtis? Oh, right, yes, we do. Come one on. One Chris Curtis based anecdote. Go for it. So we went to Northern Ireland. Yes. Chris and I were at Summer Madness oh, yes. in the summer, which is an uh, 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 Irish youth festival. Yeah. Well, we know about the food. Is it, is it a food story? Uh, what, why is the food story? The one where lots of carbs. No. No, okay, different one. Not that right. one. It's a Could different you... food story. Okay, go on, tell us. So Chris and I uh, haven't had any dinner, mm-hmm. and so we try and find a takeaway. Oh, poor boys. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so we go to a, we find a, a, a in, in uh, Northern Ireland, may, maybe not all Are over Northern Ireland, but generally speaking, it they, appears to me that they do, they have, they don't so much have like specific takeaways, like a fish and chip it's shop. They have amalgams. They have like fried stuff shops. <laughs> And you can get all the fried stuff in, so you can get pizzas, you get fried chicken, you can get fish, you can get burgers, uh, you can get other fried stuff. And they love, they do love fried food over there. Um, And um, and so basically there's a a menu that Chris Curtis can find nothing he wants. Youthscape's... Is he quite a clean eater? Slimline clean eating CEO. I'm very happy. Cotton chips all the way. Oh, I love anything fried. Got my cotton chips. Chris doesn't, can't find anything he wants. Then he sees... Uh, a um, uh, and I have to find the actual name for this. Um, it was a steak uh, pasty. Patty. Uh, a, a steak patty. Pasty. A oh, pasty. And so, uh, so, so he was like steak pasty. All right. Do you know what? At least it's not fried. It would be okay. baked. Yeah. A steak. So a Cornish pasty. Yeah. Steak pas- uh, pasty. I'll order that. So we asked for a steak pasty. Very mm-hmm. clearly enunciates. Yeah. And, uh, and then he, we get the food, we take it back to the car, because uh, we can't go back to the hotel <laughs> with it. Uh, and so we sit there in the car, and I unwrap my fish and chips, and, and then Chris's face just falls <gasps> as he unwraps what is essentially a deep-fried beef burger. <laughs> and I think they've conflated the words nice. pasty and patty, and they've also conflated, well, conflated the words steak and <laughs> mashed-up beef mince. Ooh. 
Oh. And so uh, for, for he good. takes half a bite of this thing and, can't. and cannot cope. Goes a bit green. Yeah. It's deep fried. Yeah. It's essentially a you, poor quality beef burger. You either are gonna love that and it's You're quite a dirty eater, aren't I you? am, and actually the dirtier it is and I will feel quite ill after it, yeah. but the quicker I'll eat it. You so like it. The, the, like the hot dogs. The really bad hot dogs. Oh, oh my goodness. If it do, if it looks like it's not real meat and tastes like it's not real meat, I'm like, give mm, me more of that and deep fried. And anyway, that, that that is the end of the Chris Curtis uh, deep fried food anecdote. But I <laughs> I enjoyed it, and uh, and we'll see you it's next time on the on the Escape Podcast. We love you. Bye.